Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another IAS Horror Podcast. Today, we're doing a podcast based on our favorite Resident Evil characters and our least favorite Resident Evil characters. We're going to go by panel, and then once we reach the bottom of the tier list for people, uh, we're going to go back and talk about favorites and then least favorites at the end of the show. Uh, my name is Renegade Operative, and I'd like to introduce my panel today. So first, we have Tolkien. Hi, everybody. So excited to be back on for yet another podcast, especially considering Resident Evil, which is one of my favorite horror series. So I'm really excited to get into this. Next, we have Max. Oh, my name is Max, also Zorectro. I'm excited to poop on everyone's favorite waifus and husbandos as we go through this list. <laughs> I like that. Uh, next one is Silver. Hey there guys, Silver back again. You know I'm here for Resident Evil, so let's do this. Deadman? Deadman's here, just uh, wanting to talk more about Resident Evil and eagerly anticipating the expansion for 8 and the 4 remake. Oh, so... Talking. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but... Alphabetical what? order, so... Oh, fuck! <laughs> so you're the first one. Oh man, I don't want to go first, but okay. So you gotta um, talk about your favorites first. We're doing favorites first. Yep. Okay. I'll try not to be super long-winded. I did write <laughs> quite a few notes because I didn't know what else I was going to say. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with Resident Evil, even though it is one of my favorites. Um, I've only played probably about half the games, seen the movies, seen the shows. Um. So I'm really just basing it off of what I do know. Um, I had in fourth spot um, one of my... Oh, wait, I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, uh, my fourth spot, I had uh, Sherry Bergen. Just because I think... Um, I can sympathize with her character a lot. She grew up with her parents always working. Um... She was always trying to spend time with them, get their attention, uh, do her best to make them proud of her. And they were just, it was, they were the parents that were always focused on work um, and seemed like they never had time for their own child, which was incredibly sad. Um, even with the upbringing she had from her parents and everything that she went through in Resident Evil 2 game, um, after being pretty much raised by Leon and Claire and others. She grew into a beautiful, strong-willed, passionate woman that um, always tried to do the right thing. And I think it's hard as a kid to go through what she did and not turn um, bad, I guess you could say. Um, and I really like that about her. And um, let's see. And she kind of also reminds me of myself in the way that most of the time she's pretty shy and quiet until you get to know her. Once you break her out of her shell, then she kind of turns into a little spitfire, which is kind of like how I see myself sometimes. Um, in my third spot, I had Claire Redfield. I've always been a huge fan of Claire um, ever since I first saw her. She's as most people know, the younger sister of Chris. Um, and just to me, they're just so different. They are totally cut from different cloths. Um, she's strong-willed and very tomboyish as I am. That's probably why I like her so much. Um, 
I also really liked the fact that unlike most of the other Resident Evil characters that had intense background training, uh, military, all that sort, she was one of the few that didn't really have the extensive background. Um, a lot of what she knew was from her brother. So I really like that even though she didn't have all that background like everybody else, she could still kick some serious ass. Um, and she is someone who's not afraid to show strong emotion. If she was feeling angry, sad, happy, she was not afraid to show it and be passionate about it, which I think is really great. Um, she puts others above herself in many situations, even if it means putting her own self in danger, which I find really admirable. Um, and she has this quirk to quickly have an opinion about somebody soon after meeting them, which um, I find really interesting. But she tends to be like pretty spot on with who she thinks is trustworthy and not. Um, in second, I put uh, Albert Wesker. Gotta be one of the coolest villains like ever. Like, I'm so sad that they got rid of him the way they did. I think he deserved to stay on longer through the series. Or even if they um, got rid of him, I wish it was in more of like a spectacular fireworks way instead of the way it was done in five. And it makes me sad that he went out that way. Um, let's see. He was very smart um, in basically every bookish way. He knew science, biochemistry, weapons, military, like he was brilliant. Um, and he pretty much did whatever was necessary in his opinion to get stronger and reach his goal. He was not afraid to strive really high and he put in the time and dedication to learn and get to where he was. Um, helped form the STARS unit at the Raccoon City Police Department, um, headed it for a while. Um, and is really the mastermind behind quite a bit of the th happenings on in Resident Evil. Um, plus his, his kid is amazing. I like his kid as well, but Albert Wesker's gotta be the, the top villain. Like I can't even put anybody above him or even close to him at all. He's just fantastic. Um, and then of course, most people are probably going to realize, um, my number one favorite is gotta be Leon. I mean, it's, I don't know how it could be anybody different, but really the reason why um, Leon is my pick is more so because the first Resident Evil game I played was Resident Evil 4 back on the Wii. And so with it being my first introduction into the series, I really um, so honed in on Leon as a character. I uh, really liked the way he was set up. He's humorous, um, he's kind, um, he's humble. He does what he thinks is best uh, for his country, even if it's not necessarily what may be right to a lot of people. Um, does what he can to help others, even if he doesn't know them. He's always willing to put his life on the line the same way Claire is, even if he just met you or um, anything of that sort. Duty above everything, which I really think is great. Um, and then I like <laughs> I like his weird sense of flirting. He's not like a lot of guys where uh, if a guy sees a girl they're after, they just immediately go for it. But he's more of like the subtle flirty type that's not too like over sexual about everything. And uh, he's just really humorous in everything he does and his lines 
I mean, if they don't have some of these lines in Resident Evil 4 Remake, I'm just going to be super freaking sad, especially the bingo one. That's like my favorite. It's what I remember from first playing this game. Um, and just overall, my favorite character. I don't know if there's going to ever be one that I appreciate more than Leon Kennedy. And that is my four. All right. So, Max, it's your turn, buddy. I feel bad because in the list of popular characters, I don't want to see him copycat because the first one on my list was going to be Leon as well. So I guess I'll continue that standpoint. What really struck me about him, especially in Resident Evil 2, is how he is just this rookie cop trying to like do his best, trying to help people. And he is just this guy doing like trying to do everything to save as many people as possible. And as much as that may, I don't want to use the word, term devolve in RE4 because it turns to be um, more action hero style with like the quips and like the insane things that he does, but it still continues. He's still kind and caring how he treats Ashley, his relationship with Ada and trying to like, like his intentions are pure. And I always really appreciate that. Even in six, when those intentions and him questioning whether or not there was a point to any of it and you know how like how can these bioweapons just keep being made what is the purpose like is it even possible to fight and then him like i don't know what word i want to use uh, use of reigniting that desire of like no i will help people until like until i can no longer do that anymore i just really appreciate that purity about leon and his relationship with ada and everyone else and how he really does care about people um and also just the endless how he fights in re4 and like his and his sense of humor i just think it's great overall uh next up for you know if we have best boy then we have best girl for me i would say that is jill on the grounds of she is just the epitome of kick butt action girl and i absolutely love that from the beginning in re1 like her sense of humor but also willing to like fight without even giving a second thought to protect her friends to protect everyone and re3 her trying to escape but also trying to save the city and get the vaccine to the best of her ability and even later on it it always struck me as odd how well they mentioned this in the revelations and then in re5 how she was turning into a bioweapon her turning into that i think was just really fun even if it was kind of questionable in some ways because oh they gave her a latex suit that makes her ass three times the size it normally is it was still a really fun boss fight and it was still really interesting to see her relationship with Chris up to that point and then being used against Chris, I think was just really fun and really interesting. And especially in the remake, her level of sass, her level of like, nah, fuck this. We're just going to go fight. I always just really, really appreciated about her. I think she's just a very fun character. After that, I also want to, you know, there's going to be a lot of repeats today. I guarantee it. Uh, for me, the third one, like I said, no particular order, would probably be Claire. I also really like how she doesn't have, you know, going through Leon and Jill's wiki just to be like, okay, do I remember everything that I think I remember? It is really impressive how, like, Jill has this insane training right before, and she earned her place as the only female member of STARS. And Leon, you know, he did really good at Police Academy, but then as he worked with the president, he went through this insane training. It's really... I think Resident Evil shines the best when the scale is low and people aren't insanely over the top. 
And Claire really shines with that. She shines with humanity. She shines with wanting to care about people. Her interaction, as much as we'll talk more about, uh, I always say his name wrong. We'll talk more about Steve later, as much as I hate his guts. How she cares about Steve, how she cares about Sherry, how she cares about everyone, even even people like Annette Birkin, who there's a good reason for her to go against because of what she's done. She cares deeply about people. She is, I don't know if you want to say the heart or the earth of the team, but that is something I've always just really appreciated about her. And even goes on to Revelations 2, where she cares about Moira and other people and her interactions with Barry, I think, are just really great. Uh, the fourth one I had was also Albert Wesker. I think for me, the biggest thing with him is in a world of giant monsters, giant animals, zombies, who knows what in kinds of insanity just down the line. The scariest thing in the room is just a guy in sunglasses walking towards you in a leather trench coat, saying cheesy lines, saying that he only got seven minutes to play with you. That is the scariest thing. And I absolutely adore that about Wesker. I like the idea of him being this ultimate mastermind that's brilliant at everything, that's hiding behind the scenes, orchestrating every little detail. I think it's really interesting how it's like he's working with Ada this time, but now he's not. And now he's working with this person, and now he's not. So you never really know what his true intentions are until five, where it is just an absolute blast fighting against him. He is a wonderful villain to go up against, and his relationship with Chris, I think, is really, really fun. And a little biased for Dead by Daylight, but... And then the last one, this one I'm cheating a little bit. It is, they're kind of a twin, but it's because of very similar reasons. And that is the merchant from Resident Evil 4 and Hunk just in his entirely. At the end of the day, as much as Resident Evil is a very serious game, is a very meant to be down to earth, even if some of the monsters and things kind of take us out of it, it is in the end a video game. And to me, Hunk and Merchant represent the player once they truly understand understand the game in its entirety with their skill Unleash. All of Hunk's missions involve him being the Grim Reaper. You finally have the arsenal, the ammunition, and the knowledge just to go through, go ham, and do something that requires an insane amount of skill. And I absolutely love that. I think that's great. It's part of the reason I love the infinite rocket launchers and Tommy guns and all sorts of different things because it feels like a reward to would be told now go use your skill and by the same token the merchant as much as i love his voice and i love his personality you know good old capitalism he also represents that to me because there's no in-game reason for him to be there but every time you saw his blue light it was just recognition of you're in a video game let's have some fun use your skills use your strategy use your money and make things work and I think they're both just in the way that they do interact with people. The few times they do, their personalities are talking. I think they're both really, really fun for that reason of they both personify. Have a blast. This is a video game. Don't take it too seriously. And yeah, those are my those are my top five with a little bit cheating. All right, Silver, it is your turn. What is your list of favorite Resident Evil characters? Okay, we are definitely going to be seeing some repeats here. A, a lot of repeats, actually, so I'll get those all out of the way, and then I'll go for the one that nobody's picked up just yet. So, I'm going to start with Wesker. Easily the most, not just like the most solid villain in Resident Evil, I would honestly say one of the most solid villains in horror game, horror gaming in general. 
because you you get these kind of villains that are pretty one note and wesker isn't like that he's donned many coats taken on many personas many identities over the course of several games moved from faction to faction group to group and has been quietly taking steps towards his own personal goals throughout the series in zero he's kind of aligned with birkin to a degree before he betrays umbrella and he kind of screws over the stars in one you see him come back to rockford island with the ashfords or to deal with the ashfords and kind of tie up some loose ends there for his own means and he pretty much clashes with chris on several occasions throughout the series one of those being at rockford island and his very presence there plays a very large part in chris's character pretty much the the fight that they have there where he slaps chris around like a beach ball essentially plays a big part in chris you know going off getting stronger becoming a better more you know powerful individual to take on a threat that he knows is out there especially with what happens to jill before the events of five kicking off so you've got this you've got a character that isn't just sort of doing his own stuff is so important to the overarching storyline that his actions play into so many other characters kind of storylines directly affects jill and chris is manipulating things from the background with well in the events of four when it comes to trying to get hold of the master plaga parasite and he's using ada for that and also krauser just all-round good villain the best villain i honestly think the series has had i don't think we're going to get anybody to top him i i really really don't we haven't so far and we've had um we've had three games now since he was written out we've we've had a couple of better villains i mean better than the series low point which is six in my opinion but nobody that really surpasses him so Wesker's up there, definitely. You're going to get another repeat when it comes to Claire as well. Because Claire, just, there's a very, very human element to her character. She's one of those people where, even though she's not like a commando, and she's not like totally kick-ass marine or a super soldier, or had all the training in the world, you see a scenario where she cares about people throughout in everything she does in the live action movies in the actual games themselves just generally from from top to bottom it's like sherry was alone and in danger and in a very bad situation and claire went out of her way to protect her in that game you see her take on that kind of protector role when it comes to Moira in Revelations 2 as well. And just not only that, but the fact that she goes into this scenario in Resident Evil 2 where it's it's hell and she could have, you know, potentially, in a worst case scenario, put her own preservation ahead of taking care of other people. But she didn't do that because she's not that kind of person. So for me, Claire, definitely 
takes a solid spot as a favorite character. That and the fact that she's kind of like a self-trained bit of a badass. Like I said, not a super soldier, but she knows how to take care of herself by way of Chris. So a lot of the stuff that I was going to mention has already been covered. So by both um, Tolkien and, um, and Ektra. But, so I can pretty much leave that there. But the one I have that other people don't yet, uh, my number four pick, I wanted to make an effort to go for characters that would also be a bit lesser considered here. Uh, outbreak characters, to be precise. I've got one favorite Outbreak character and one least favorite Outbreak character. And my favorite from the Outbreak series is actually Cindy Lennox. Because another character who fits into the same bracket as Claire, but there's a great deal of gentleness and kindness to Cindy's character, even though she doesn't kind of get the overwhelming development across the series that Claire does. She gets like two games, and that's pretty much all we see of her. But if you're in a scenario, right, where you've got horrible murder monsters all around you, you've got things that want to eat you and tear you to shreds and do, do all kinds of unquestionable, horrible things to you, yet your biggest concern is still taking care of and looking after people and having a really positive outlook and being like the the really empathetic and caring member of the team, then more power to you. The fact that it's even referenced in the manual as well, because I'm a bit of an old-school OG. I've still got the original PS2 copies kicking around in my gaming room, and I open one of them up, and it makes a key point of Cindy's character that she's she always tries to keep a really positive outlook. She's kind. She, she, she never swears or resorts to bad language and always puts other people before herself. That and every time you have Cindy on your team in Outbreak as well, bit of a bias from a gameplay perspective as well, just makes things that little bit nicer. Oh, I have the medic with me. It's great. So yeah, Cindy Lennox. Gotta be, gotta be up there. It was, it was this real struggle between her and Kevin Ryman my uh, favorite two outbreak characters but i went for cindy because uh always a pleasure to have her on the team so yeah there is my four thank you all right next up is dead man dead man give your top picks for favorite resident evil characters all right well i'm gonna go basic um and say wesker Nah, I mean, I agree with everything else that everybody has said on the list about Wesker. He is definitely a top-tier villain. Um, but I'm also just going to say, he looks damn cool. Like, he's got the black leather on, he's got the sunglasses, and I'm a huge Matrix fan, so basically he just his whole look is pulled out of the Matrix, and he's just an ultimate badass. Um, he might have did his death a little dirty, but at least it was pretty epic. I mean, how many people can say they had to be taken out by a volcano and a super special rocket launcher in order to really put them down? Uh, so he's at least got that going for his badass factor. Um, next favorite, uh, I can happily say, nobody has said yet, is Mother Miranda from 8. 
Um, I do love a sympathetic villain, and it's definitely one of those cases that just because she, you know, felt bad doesn't give her the right to do what she did. But I can fully understand her motivations for it, even if they were twisted. Um, it's it's a very, very sad story that she has, and even though she is fully through and through a villain, I still really like her story. Uh, the next one is going to be Sheva. Um, I'm always a fan of having uh, variety with your characters, and Sheva, you know, being from over in Africa, is definitely different than most of the rest of the cast who are all pretty much based in America, you know, stands for a handful of others. And, you know, she is also another tragic character that that, you know, went through a rough time, but she chose to let that strengthen her resolve more than anything, and she dedicated her life to being with the BSAA um, and, and trying to stop any kind of bioterrorism stuff. It's just, you know, what the BSAA does best. And uh, I'm going to end it on basic as well with Leon. Again, like everybody else says, He's just, he's best boy. He, you know, he goes through and he does whatever he can to help people. And, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, he's, he's kind to everyone he meets and he's a snarky asshole to his enemies. And he's really just a fun time all around. And I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that they keep some of that 90s charm with Leon uh, in the remake coming, I, I don't know if they're going to change it to be a little more like grounded and serious, kind of like the two and three remakes were, or if they're going to still leave in some of that campy goodness that can only come from the nineties. And that's uh, it's going to be my my four favorites. Okay, so I'm going to go next, and then Hollow Heart is going to go last. So my favorite RE characters, I slimmed mine down to four again, because, again, schizo. But uh, I'm going to start off with someone that is interesting, because he is an enigma, and that is Hunk. I, I think Hunk is uh, fantastic for what he is. Of course, he's not really elaborated on well, but... You really don't need that because he can turn around and snap people's necks no problem uh so i i enjoy that super trained umbrella soldier that has like a cold callous voice and he goes around doing you know whatever he can uh to complete the mission and i i i think that this is like really cool and how he survived the entire fiasco of um being attacked by birkin in the sewer and being the last survivor it, it really rings home to that idea of survival this is the last man coming out of the uss and he's hell-bent on completing this mission no matter what so i think hunk is a great character his moveset great wanting to find out more about him great i, I think one description that details hunk best is when people said he's the boba fett of the re series when he was like super mysterious but cool when he made a presence uh so i i really like that about the character next up is jill i think jill's great um she's a hardened soldier super trained and i i think that was the first uh female protagonist in re that really was trained up and uh kicking ass and also fighting nemesis that you got a giant eight foot tall behemoth and this um woman is like 
fighting him with everything she's got in Resident Evil 3 and that really drew me a lot to the character also the fact that they have this sort of comradeship with um Jill and Chris uh, I think that resonated a lot throughout the series and, and having them on extensive bioweapon missions really really was cool to see how they eradicated so many BOWs uh so Jill's she's very determined uh she has her own willpower she she's awesome and it's just it only got better as uh re5 progressed and she was pumped with some you know p30 and she's kicking chris all around the place and uh, i thought that scene was kind of awesome uh but next up for favorite characters i would say chris himself i think he is front man for everything resident evil he's been there day one he's stopped numerous threats like just as much as leon if not more uh seeing chris in action is cool because like once again he was in this whole plight of his team getting murdered and his entire captain you know was the one doing it and he was trying to uncover this conspiracy so he's the one that really drove home that we have to stop umbrella to stop them immediately before it gets out of hand and i i, I think that was cool I, I think that was how it carried more and more into the series as Umbrella dissolved and they made Tricell and then Resident Evil 5 happened where you got a madman threatening a global apocalypse who's the best man to stop him, his best man, uh, because Wesker thinks that Chris is his most trained protege when he was with him during his star's time. Uh, so I like that aspect as well and, and and just how he got older and carried on into village and you thought that he was a bad guy but no uh ethan was mistaken and it just carries on he's the surrogate father of rose now and i, I can't wait to see how that story progresses because chris never really had any kids he never really had anyone else outside of claire uh so it's going to be cool to see him teaching someone else who has bow powers their abilities and how to control things and how to fight for good and the last one, my last pick for characters I really like is the bad guy himself, Wesker. Uh, Wesker is one of the greatest villains, like people have said here. Um, he's the best one. It's hard to top because he's been so, he's been through so many things of deceiving, crisscross, and and coming back from the dead. That I don't. I, I think the problem with RE villains is that they just don't develop them too well and Wesker is the one who is the outlier of that he's the one who survived uh one of the worst incidents ever in the beginning of Resident Evil 1 when he got impelled so I think um I, I think he's a great villain his voice and everything you know the British posh voice later that he developed and screaming at you saying that he's gonna kill you in RE5 and just accept your feet it's it's so cool and awesome just to hear that and hear a villain so eccentric and badass that you just resonate with him instantly. But I did think some parts in RE5 were kind of dumb where you turned off the lights so he couldn't see. It's like, take off the sunglasses, man, for the love of God. Uh, but that's my top four picks for favorite Resident Evil characters. So, Hollow Heart, you are the one who have to pick your favorite four or five Resident Evil characters. Just pick how many you like and we'll move on to the next segment. Uh, okay, so the first uh, character I kind of did as a duo, but it's Ethan and Rose. Uh, 
the reason I did Ethan slash Rose is because I feel like Ethan is still somewhat living through Rose in a sense. Um, given the my my seat memory and um, just thinking about how work and fungus would work in general it makes sense that if he was a part of it that he's still a part of her somehow um but ethan mainly because uh he's really like one of the first characters introduced as like this father slash husband character who really had no connection to any of this world except through his wife and then gets thrown into this world and you know we that you know he's been this mutant like human since basically the uh the Dolve Parish incident. And so um it's just really interesting to see how he interacts with every single star of the company for him. Um losing his hand almost instantly in the in biohazard, losing his hand almost instantly again in uh village because somebody obviously has a problem with Ethan's hands. But uh just the fact that through all of that Ethan as a character still carries his perseverance, like, you know, outside of the the driven character drive of having to finish the game, like the character themselves makes you want to continue. Um Ethan doesn't really ever give you this urge to want to stop. You just want to keep going. Uh, so my second person is mainly just because they're in, a, and I'm really into, uh, finished lore and what could be, and that's going to be the Duke. And it's mainly because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different theories on what the Duke is, if he's a person, if he's mold, uh, etc. And of course we don't have all the answers. But I like to think that he is some kind of old construct just because of the way that he appears um, basically at you in different areas of the game where he rolls forward into his spot. And it just kind of feels like maybe he came through some different area, like uh, Heisenberg's factory. Feels like he could have come in through the piping kind of thing. So he's just a really interesting character in the fact that he helps Ethan through cryptic, like, information, through, um, like, in each spot and kind of, like, poking the bear, like, poking Ethan to go forward a little bit more. Um, so I'd be what the motives behind all of that were going into Shadows of Rose, uh, since we do see him... In the trailer, there's obviously something going on there, but again, we also don't know much more besides the fact that it's mainly about Rose, some kind of dreamlike experience, and there's an entity named um, Michael sending, like, following her throughout the house, sending her messages. Um, my third favorite would be Leon. Uh, Leanne really just comes from being a personal favorite because 4 was my first uh, Resident Evil game. Uh, it was a lot really interesting to get to know Leon through the progression of 4. And then uh, it was fun to get to know Leon's past through, you know, 
playing too and uh just in general how um Leon really just kind of like he was in the wrong place, wrong time. Um, really just was a creature of circumstance. Um, but he took that circumstance and went with it the best that he could and continued on his mission, kind of like Chris, of somewhat trying this from happening. Um, and then, of course, Chris is my last favorite. Uh, Chris is my favorite kind of like what uh Ren said he's been there since the beginning um but Chris has walked so much crap happen at this point in the story and I definitely thought going into Resident Evil 8 that we were going to see a different kind of Chris like a Chris that was beaten down um you know not really thinking that you can win in a fight besides becoming the enemy yourself kind of thing but then we play through eight and we get to the end of it and we realize that oh no he's still very anti bow um and figure out you know what's going on with the corrupt uh a in europe which i'm sure we're going to get some more information about either in the dlc for rose or in the next game um but yeah, so he he's still very much on the I'm not on I'm not going to let this happen. I don't want to continue the atrocities that were started by Umbrella in the continuation of selling information about BOWs. But at the same time, he's going to take care of Rose because he's become a father basically to her. Um he sees her as you know, he saw Ethan, uh, someone that he can trust. But being that she's a BOW, he still understands that he can only trust her so far. And so we may see even more about Rose's psyche when it comes to the shadow of Rose and maybe even more information about how Chris is doing with all of that. But Chris has been there since the beginning. He's been beaten down more times than once. He's lost more people than you can even count and he still keeps trucking he still keeps moving forward and he, he still keeps fighting the fight so that's why i really like chris a lot all right so we are going to go down the list in reverse and this is for characters that we dislike or for characters we find bland and boring and just terrible in a lot of ways uh so i'll i'll make this quick for my list excella excella Gioni. oh where do i begin first and foremost i i didn't like the fact that she was just wesker's stoolie the entire time and oblivious to what this man is up to knowing that he completely betrayed his own teammates uh stars and expecting that this wasn't going to happen to her because she threw herself at him. This is the dumbest character of all time. And I was laughing so fucking hard when Wesker injected her with Uroboros. And she was like, Albert, no. And Wesker was smiling saying, you know what? You failed the, the test. You're not worthy. And Chris said, you know, Wesker doesn't give a damn about anyone but himself so she had it coming 
I, I, I think she was just a brainless bag of meat and honestly her in inclusion in re5 was just so vapid compared to uh the star attraction himself which was wesker and, and even chris you know uh so next up is simmons from re6 as we said before on the re6 podcast simmons is the biggest simp in all of simp town i'm talking the reason why he nuked raccoon city was to impress ada and i thought that was the funniest and dumbest thing i ever heard when i looked in that backstory i i don't get it and then he turned his own co-worker which was his girlfriend uh carla into a mold of ada because he couldn't let her go he couldn't stop fapping and therefore we had the situation of Carla going insane and turning into like an Ada like clone. And I'm just like, man, what are you doing? What, what is, what is your purpose and entire story here outside of just, uh, skirt chasing for Ada? It, it made no sense. If anything, the best part about RE6 and him being a villain was when Leon and Ada kicked his ass and he didn't get what he wanted. Uh, so I, I have to put Simmons on my list as one of the worst villains. Um, next up in terms of villains that really weren't that great was James Marcus from RE0. So I did like the premise that they tried to set up. There's another researcher out there along with Spencer and, um, the other guy, Alexander Ashford and they're like a trio working on a bunch of viruses together and I, it feels like they're like the head founders i thought that was fine but the problem with marcus was that they decided hey let's just run in there and shoot him and and all that development's gone and then let's turn him into an operatic singing queen that could turn young and old at the same time and once you get to the point where he's doing the exposition, he just turns into a giant leech and then you fight him, you kick his ass and it's over. I felt like he was one of the more undercooked villains when he really shouldn't have been like that because they set it up interesting from the beginning and then they threw it in the trash later. Uh, I also think he's whiny and his voice is super annoying for a villain. So I, 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 I can't, I can't stand that. And the last two characters are a duo. And I have to I have to do this. It's Quint and Keith. I I they're from Resident Evil Revelations 1, and I think they are a pair of the most annoying do-bro characters in all of Resident Evil history. I mean even Burry is like way cooler than these two like asshats. I I just hated them because their whole aesthetic is uh, I'm trying to one up you. I'm trying to one up you. It's a dick measuring contest. And it doesn't really resonate with good Resident Evil storytelling for these characters. Uh, it seems like they shoehorn them in just to say, hey, you're the player. You want boatloads of ammo and you want to just toy around with machine guns that have like a lot of ammunition and shoot everything. Uh, here's your brain dead segment. Here you go with these two jackasses that they seem like football choir boys. I, I, I never understood the appeal of Quint and Keith, and I think Capcom really doesn't understand them either because they have not 
come back for a game ever since. I think they knew that this was a bad segment, uh, that these that these were like bad characters, and thus they shuffled them into the mortal coil of Resident Evil obscure characters that will never be seen again. So that is my picks for terrible RE characters. I will pass the baton to Deadman. All right, so my first two that I actually have on the list are characters that I really like. I just hate their motivations or the way that they were portrayed. And I'm going to start that off with Jack Baker. And again, I'm going to say I love Jack Baker, but what really rubbed me the wrong way was you you hit him with that anti-mold serum, and then he comes back in the DLC because somehow he mutated. And I know that's like peak re for that to happen but at the same time i'm like could you guys not have thought of anything else but jack to come back it was just to me it was weird that joe pulled off a whatever face covering and he's just like jack and i'm like i saw you turn to a pile of dust why are you here um if my second pick is gonna be uh, again a character that i really like but i don't like some of his motivations are heisenberg Really liked how he was portrayed. I love the back and forth between him and Dimitrescu, but he just, I, I don't know. I felt like there at the end, he and, uh, oh my God, I'm getting brain rotten. Ethan, uh, he and Ethan could have like worked together because their things kind of aligned, but for some reason they didn't. He's just like, nope, got a villain quoted a fill, so I'm going to kick you into this machine pit and just see what happens with that um then we got irving um ren mentioned excella excella annoys me but i just irving annoys me so much more i don't know what it is i don't know if it's that stupid jersey accent or if he just just him being like oh gonna take this bow serum and turn into this giant fish thing. I don't know what it is, but he just annoys the absolute hell out of me, and I can't stand him, and every time I go through RE5 and kill him, I feel such satisfaction, like, good, he's dead now, he can't bother me again. And the last one isn't so much a character, but the creature is the Regenerators, and I don't really feel like I need to elaborate on that, because I don't think anybody likes the Regenerators. That stupid breathing, gasping thing they do still gives me nightmares well over 15 years later. <laughs> and that's it for me. Oh yeah, for you can if you want to put like uh, for least favorite creatures you're more inclined to do that. I, I, I think I hate them though for different reasons for the regenerators. Uh, but we're going to move on to Silver and his choices for least favorite RE characters or creatures if he wants to put them. Alrighty, now then, I'll get the one out the way that's been uh, mentioned previously. Yeah, uh, Derek Simmons is on my list. Just like, we went from Wesker, who as the vast majority of us, if not all of us mentioned at some point, as the, the most well-developed villain of the whole series, to essentially i'm part of like this borderline illuminati-esque family that has big ties to all things across the country and we have like signet rings with our family insignia family insignia on them you'd think at least if 
you know, the Simmons family was so important to the Resident Evil lore, there would have at least been previous mentions, but no, it's 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 a byproduct of the fact that a lot of the stuff in six was kind of just rammed in there. It's like it's an enjoyable game, but a lot of the lore leaves a lot to be desired really and I cannot agree more with what Ren honestly said in terms of just Simmons' whole motivation being essentially, Ada, please touch my pee-pee. I would really, really like you to touch my pee-pee. Thank you. So, yeah, just... Dude, poor villain. Poorly written. Very bad motivations. Like, contrived sort of story stuff with the whole Illuminati-esque family that just doesn't kind of fit with a lot of the wider established lore. He's just there. But yeah, he's he's already been mentioned, so I won't dwell on that one. Now then, <clears throat> I had a favorite outbreak character in my in my list. So it only makes sense that I have a least favorite outbreak character in my list as well. And that is Alicia As Alicia Ashcroft, the um the journalist. Now, there's um there's a solid reason for this, right? Like they they mentioned in the game's development, and it's been talked about multiple times, that um, they designed each character to have a series of other characters that they either liked or didn't get on with. Now, Alicia just... You get the perception that she's one of these characters that barely gets along with anybody. Like, I know she's kind of that, you know, like, journalist character that kind of rubs people the wrong way and but that's exactly the point she rubs me the wrong way she's she's not a team player she's got a bad attitude she doesn't gel well with many other members of the team and every single time that i have had her in a mission and i believe it was hellfire in outbreak file one where she was um compulsory um oh my lord she always used to go and get herself killed in the very early stages. Then I'd be down an NPC and getting things done would be harder. And just every single scenario that I've encountered her in or had her in, she's just not a team player. So that's got to be my least favorite outbreak character. Uh, this spot was possibly going to be given to Jim, but... Then I honestly looked at Jim's character a bit more, and I thought to myself, you know what? At the end of the day, no, not really, because Jim is just an abstract coward. It's part of his character. And uh, at the end of the day, if you were surrounded by big murder monsters, hunters, lickers, and tyrants that want to just do unspeakable things to you, wouldn't you be a bit of an abstract coward? I mean... I certainly wouldn't be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with those things, and if there was an option to flop on the floor and play dead like he does, I think that might be a smart option in a couple of different circumstances. So yeah, it's um, got to be Alicia for my number two. Number three might be a touch controversial, but I went with Helena Harper. Now, I'm going to have to give this a bit of background here. Because, yes, everything that she did, lying to Leon, essentially manipulating her position of power, 
all all the kind of deceiving that she did behind the scenes was done under duress because of what Simmons put her through by way of holding her sister hostage and pretty much making her act on his behalf. But at the same time, you know, you've you've kind of sworn an oath to your country. You're in the secret service. You you are in one of the highest positions in the land. You are protecting the president and all the president's family. Like the 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 concerns regarding looking out for the head of state are very much in your lap. And a lot of her actions played a part in you know the deaths of innocent people, the deaths the death of a president, the the inadvertent deaths of tens of thousands of people. Yeah, it's a very grey one, but I just didn't like how deceptive she was initially, even though it was under duress. And I know people are not necessarily going to agree with me with that one. It came across as self-centered, and would I ever want to be in a position where I have to choose between a family member and a loved one, or a family member or and or a loved one, or my my duty? No. It's just my take, and I know people are going to disagree with me, but hey. So, Helena's my number three. And then, number four. Oh my god. Anybody who who heard my takes on Code Veronica podcast a while back knew this one was coming. Steve Burnside. Now, I have pretty decent character notes in place for each of the characters that I've given so far, but Steve is just condensed down to three bullet points that I'm going to elaborate on. Annoyingly cringy, makes stupid decisions, and pointless Claire ship-baiting. Like, the dude is just nauseating, just does dumb shit, puts himself in positions where he jeopardizes his own safety, and then puts Claire in danger by trying to, you know, go and then protect him because he's done so something stupid. And my, my opinions on Steve, like, they still stand. That bit where he's in, like, the heat room pretty much melting because he's picked up the Lugas, and it's just like, oh, Steve is suffering. Leave him in there. Leave him in there. Just, just move on, Claire. Get out of there. I'm sure you could fly a plane if you tried hard enough. So yeah, that's just, like, why? Why is he there? I, I, I reckon that if we had a Code Veronica remake, and I know a lot of people want this, right? That we would see some really big changes to Steve's character. It, it would probably be night and day, because you probably wouldn't be able to have some kind of cringy 17-year-old angsty gun-toting idiot play such a big part like he did back in the 90s but hey i could literally rant about steve for 15 20 minutes and that's not fair on everybody else so he is my number four kick him off a cliff and forget he exists and yeah next person please go ahead the uh, next person would be max max uh whose character is that you don't like in resident evil tell us your picks well, for this one, kind of similar to how I talked about Merchant of Hunk, a lot of these are pairs because their stories are intrinsically 
like they're entwined or for the same reason they both suffer. Uh, speaking of, I almost said the wrong game. Speaking of Code Veronica from before, the first ones I would say are Alexia and Alfred Ashford. In the realm of let's make uh let's make an antagonist just as confusing as nonsensical as possible. These ones are just over the top. They make no sense. They are the clone of your great grandparents since you're trying to revive knowledge that is learned through virology and you're trying to further improve it so you can avoid someone else having your bloodline or having the inheritance of your bloodline. This constant back and forth. Oh, it turns out they're twins. Oh, it turns out they're kind of incestuous, kind of not. One of them's really stupid, but kind of idolizes the other. It's this endless... I'm trying to think of a better word other than clusterfuck, but to me, it was just an absolute mess trying to sit down and understand, like, why are we doing this? What are the motivations? Oh, we're just trying to add yet another layer of here's the big bad. Well, there's another big bad out there just as much, if not more so like it. It was weird having Alfred with this. Oh, he's mentally unstable because because um. Yeah, I get their names confused now. Because Alexia had to be put into a jar to, you know, essentially to, you know, grow up a little bit. Like, what does he do? Oh, he splits his personality and pretends to be her and then decides to go ultra military. And it was just this endless back and forth. And by the end of it, visually, turning into a giant ant queen was cool, but I was just more confused and absolutely infuriated by the end of it. I don't really get their purpose. I don't get why there's secret labs in the Antarctica that mimic other places. They just don't make sense to me as villains or as characters in general. Uh, speaking of villains, villains that don't make sense in general, the next pair is Derek Simmons and Carla Redams. And you guys nailed it on the head earlier. We have going from the Ashfords with, with this incredibly incredibly complex for no good reason we have this other guy who is inserted as once again another villain of someone out there is just as bad pulling the strings oh watch out no the guy is just sad because he fell in love with a girl who you know you can never take home you never can introduce them to your parents they're not that kind of a girl and just out of nowhere i'm part of the illuminati and i think when i was going through his wiki just to be like how many people died in his attempt to remake this one girl instead of you know moving on it was upwards of twelve thousand, unless i heard that wiki point wrong and then carla being like oh i actually do love this crazy guy who seems to be given innumerable power and resources for no good reason with no actual expectations to use them in any productive way I'm going to fall in love with him. Oh, I feel used. What am I going to do? I'm going to fly to China, invent my own kind of a virus, turn into a giant goo monster, and screw him over in such a way that it was just a lot of destruction, a lot of not making sense, a lot of just dumb reasoning. And I remember multiple times, multiple times playing Resident Evil 6, taking a step back and going like, okay, so what's your motivation? You're butthurt that a girl rejected you. Okay, not even something noble like wanting to bring her back to life or curing a disease and, you know, justifying horrible actions to do this thing for true. No, she's literally out there. She's rejected you, said no, and you're just butthurt about it. And you, you're rejected that he is butthurt about someone else. 
So you're just going to kill all of China and how many millions of people potentially? It just felt while um, while the asteroids felt confusing for no reason, these guys felt overly destruction over the top for no reason. I mean, fighting fighting Simmons as like this macabre. I don't even know how to describe it, macabre puppeteering dinosaur cat spinal column thing. Sure, you can look at it in a gameplay perspective and be like, this is kind of fun, but this is magic. This is no longer any form of science or reason. This is just straight up magic, and they drove me nuts. Uh, next as a pair is another one that I was talking about before, Heath and Quint, or Jackass and Grinder. I said that order wrong. And yeah, they just, they're annoying. Their purpose is to be a tutorial. Every time they talked, I wanted to die. They serve no real purpose other than letting the player just go nuts and have like a little bit of a different gameplay segment. All I wanted to do was just go back and leave them alone and pretend they never existed. They're... I was more just confused by them than anything because, yeah, hearing them, I just wanted to rip my own ears out. I just don't like them at all. I don't think there's really any way to just get around that. Uh, the next one was another one that was said, Steve, he is annoying, he is a punk, he makes, ba he makes bad technical or um, tactical decisions, oh, but he's just a 17-year-old kid, and he's going through a lot of stress, and his father was put in prison too, and Claire's kind of cute, and also the only girl here that isn't a zombie, no, not an excuse, he is just annoying and frustrating, and... Honestly, when he turned into a giant monster and died, there was a part of me that's like, Claire's a nice person, so she cares. But I don't care. And then to hurry along, the last one, when I originally made the list for like the best and worst, I also made a blandest column just because I liked it. So this one might seem a little bit weird because these are two characters I aggressively don't care about because I don't think they actually provide anything. Is um, the pair of Jake Mueller, Muller, I forget, and Sherry Birkin. Sherry, from when she was a kid, and her in concept, I think is totally fine. I think she's a great character. I think she grows, and I really appreciate it. But Jake just shows up out of nowhere, and Sherry has regeneration because of the vaccine or whatever, out of nowhere. These are two people that are effectively superheroes, or superheroes, or superhuman abilities that are just going and doing their thing, being pursued, being experimented on. And the entire time, all I could sit there and think was... I don't care, and I don't think many of the other characters in this world care either. Jake's personality is, I'm a merc with a heart of gold, kind of not really know, and then he leaves being a merc with a heart of gold, kind of not really, I don't know. Sherry is a nice person. She is genuinely caring about people. She's great as like a kid in RE2, and she just gets superpowers and gets thrown around, and they just... I aggressively don't care about them, which is a shame because I feel like Sherry could have been used and worked on a lot better, but I just did not like them in RE6 at all. And um, yeah, I would say those are my bottom five as much as they are in pairings. All right, next up is, next up is Tolkien's terrible list. So we're going to let that fly. Hush, I know I'm gonna get a little super shade for this. El Terrible. It's like. <laughs> El Terrible. Well, sorry, but I'm gonna pick based off the fact that, like, I don't know, like, people just sit too hard, and I think that's why they don't pick him as dislikes. So, I mean, that's not my problem. Yes. Um, 
Hush you. So I originally only had three because I really couldn't think of a fourth one that I disliked enough to actually try to think of reasons why I disliked them. But if I was going to quickly throw in a fourth, I would just say like, and my only reason why I dislike this person is just because people just are totally obsessed for no reason um, would be Jill. I just never liked her. And I think the reason is it's like, um, you know how when Frozen came out and everybody was obsessed and everybody had to keep singing the song constantly and to the people that hadn't seen it, it just got so annoying because it was like thrown in your face constantly and that's all people would talk about. That's how I feel about her. That's It's just like people just keep talking about her over and over and over and how amazing she is. It's just I couldn't get the time to actually like her as a character because people were so obsessed with her. If it had been like... um. If I'd been able to learn about her character before everybody was obsessed, then I might have actually liked her. But because everybody's so damn obsessed, I just couldn't get to like her. But I mean, that's pretty much the only reason I don't, I didn't really like her that much. But boom! Um, the ones I went more in, in depth in, um, my third was Ashley Graham. Oh my God, she is a train wreck. Um, I sort of like her as a character. She's not super awful, but I think she was written just to be so completely useless. And it seems like the only reason people like her is just because of her looks, because she is absolute garbage in the game. She does nothing to help Leon whatsoever. She was like raised as a preppy, uptight, rich daughter. And doesn't know how the real world works. And um, <laughs> it's just like, I really hope in the remake they write her a little bit better, or at least to be somewhat useful. It's just, it was annoying to see as a female someone just so completely useless um, into a video game. It's just, oh my God, it was bad. And um, I mean, I just found it really funny. We go through the whole game. Um, and she does nothing, contributes nothing, just gets in the way. You have to constantly watch her, put her in the garbage can half the time so she's out of the way. And come towards the end of the game, she has the cojones to try to ask Leon out. And he shoots her down. It's just the funniest thing. I mean, kudos to her for trying. But, I mean, after everything they just went through, I mean, you really think he's going to say yes? Like, no, probably not, sweetie. Sorry. But, um, I don't know. Just... <laughs> I really hope they write her character better because some some of her I really like, but just the way she was written is just so bad. Um, but she could definitely be well liked if they redo it a little bit and make her somewhat normal and helpful and not completely useless. Um, so my second one, which nobody's gonna agree with, is um, Chris Redfield. Now. I don't mind him. Um, he's, I kind of like him and dislike him for different reasons. Um, when you first meet him in some of the earlier games, he's great. He's amazing. He's kind of like um, what everybody said earlier. There's so many good things about him, but it just seemed like the more you progress through the games, the worse he gets as a human being. He just make, starts making some really weird decisions and just, like he should have retired long before eight. Like some of the things he does is just 
questionable. Um, he's very cocky. Um, he most of the time it seems like he just does what he wants to. Uh, damn the consequences, which can be good in some um, aspects, but in some the some of the decisions he made in some of the games are just so bad. Uh, the one I could think of is like in five uh, when him and Chev are having a conversation about Jill, and then he just in his mind it's just like if he has a chance to save Jill, he's like, damn the mission and damn the consequences. If I can save my old partner, I'm going to put everything else to the side for her. And I'm just like, what? No, <laughs> it's not why you're there. It's not for some girl. You're supposed to be working on, you know, your mission here, not her. Um, and then just by the time you get to like six, he's like a complete ass, makes a fool of himself in a bar. Uh, Pierce pretty much has to babysit him constantly. Um, I completely blame him for Piers dying. I mean, it was totally on Chris. Um, and then you get to really weird, questionable calls in eight. Like, I mean, even his own squad was questioning him for some of the things he did with Ethan. And um, he just, he allows grudges to judge his cloud, or to cloud his judgment a lot. And um, he takes risks with his partner's lives constantly. It seems like he doesn't mind putting people in the way um, as long as he gets to what he's striving to accomplish. Um, going from dishonorably discharged from the Air Force and then in one of the movies, I'm not sure which one it is, but he pretty much uh, is really hypocritical in the fact that he kind of mocks Leon's depression, but then funny enough, Chris is doing the same thing, going to a bar and getting drunk constantly and being depressed, but then he's going to go and turn around and mock Leon for the same. So it's just, he starts off as a really good, likable character, and I did like him when I first played some of the um, games he was in, but then the farther you go, it just, he just turns totally different. And I'm going to blame the fact that it's just the burden of his job and... Uh, so many atrocities that he's had to witness. Just, it'll change people. But, like, that man. Um, and pretty much my number one, which Ren's going to automatically know who it is. I, I cannot stand Ada Wong. Like, she's just, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's another one of those things where it just seems like everybody's obsessed with her. And the only, and just many of the reasons people like her and don't mind everything that she does is because they simp really hard for her. She is an interesting character design. Um, she's kind of like a, um, she almost has like no emotions. She's like a robot. She will do anything and everything to fuck somebody over to make sure she gets what she wants. And she has like no regrets about it. It don't matter who it is, what it is. She will lie, cheat and steal to get whatever she wants accomplished, which I just find really annoying. Um, and I don't know. It's just, um, she uses her body to her advantage um, and just it um, preys on the guys that simp for her, like Leon. She just preys on him and uses them to do with her, uh, um, to get what she wants. She just pretty much, I don't know. And then um, I had a, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter say something really funny about um, there's so many people that dislike Mia because of some of the decisions she made in her games. And they're like, if you look at them side by side, a lot of the things uh, Mia did is pretty much the same as Ada, except the reason why people hate Mia 
and they like Ada is because they simp for Ada and not Mia, which I find really funny because it's kind of true. If you look at some of the things they did, Mia lied and didn't she had to for her job, and so did Ada, but everybody just simps on Ada and thinks she's so wonderful, and that's why they don't villainize her as much as they do Mia. Um, but that's pretty much all I had for that. Mm, Ada's yellow fever. Yellow fever. All right. Uh, so as I um stop drooling over at yellow fever, shush. Uh, I I will hand the baton over to Hollow Heart, and you can. Ren's looking up Ada Wong stuff now. Wait, what? <laughs> that sounds like. Ren. Oh no, I I said uh I was into that yellow fever real quick. Um, so. Uh, as I'm pretty sure we should play Hollow. screen share chicken right now. Is what we're trying to say. <laughs> I, I don't think you want to do that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can move on to Hollow Heart and uh, you can give your opinion on uh, Resident Evil characters you really didn't like too much. Uh, so first, I'm just going to piggyback off of uh, Tolkien real quick with Ada. Um, so, like, I get that she has her own own machinations that she's working for basically working just for herself um but my first introduction to her was resident evil 4 and i could not for the life of me but continue to think about tuxedo mask every single time you ran into her because you'd run into her when something like super big and serious was about to happen and she'd look at you and be like oh hey you got this my job here is done and then she just poof gone and you're just left there to fight whatever monster is there. So that part, like, just was really annoying to me. Um, <clears throat> why is that? And I'm not going to harp too much more on Ada because really the rest of it got, got covered just now. Uh, so I'm going to move on to the top of my list, which is actually Lucas um, Baker. <clears throat> and I just did not like the way that Lucas was created um i understand that after that had some major slipping as far as his morals go before any of this even happened but to me it's like yes the bakers were still going down that road no matter what once they got infected but he exaggerated it like he sped it up he he did things to to trigger and to like make it happen faster for his his own desires um you know it's you know permission and this equipment to work and study them but then you know screws them over on that side and starts using the research for his his, his own whatever um i also did not like his section in biohazard uh the escape room feel was really cool it's just, I felt like it would have been cooler had there been more to it than just the get out of that room before it catches on fire kind of thing. Um, because really, like, you even don't really have all of the information on Lucas unless you play the DLC. Um, without the DLC, like, you really look at Lucas as this kind of, like, background character running behind the scenes, uh, dropping anvils and and whatnot. Um my third dislike was Salvatore from Village. 
I did not like him as a villain at all. Uh, I kind of lump him up with Lucas, where I feel like he was kind of a of uh, a villain in the storyline progression itself. Uh, especially given the fact that he was very kind of just you know, okay, here you can take what you want. Nope, just kidding. Now you have to fight me. Oh no, don't hurt me. Don't hit me. But yes, fight me. And he just like he he was you know a, a Mother Miranda simp. Like you know everything he did was for Mother Miranda. No, no matter what. And she never gave him the time of day because he was probably one of her worst experiments. Um, but yeah, so it, just his whole drive, his whole motivation, just wasn't didn't do it for me wasn't and then finally on my list is actually mia and it's not that i dislike mia so much as it's i mia has very little purpose to the series except for being a device that ties ethan into the games uh again i know she has her own lore and Actually, really cool, very interesting. But again, just as a character, I feel like down the road she's definitely going to be a character that gets forgotten, or just kind of in you know lore tales and and you know whatever gets kind of very much swept up as a background character. Uh, she just didn't have a whole lot that like for me made her like this. Oh my gosh, character. Um. So yeah, that that that's my four. I like how everyone in the chat is talking about worst lords, and I'm just like Lady D, uh, Moreau, uh. But we we talked about that enough on the Village podcast. So, uh, hopefully, there's more lords to talk about when uh, <laughs> Village rolls around inside of uh Rose's mind with the DLC, and, and we see what is capable of the Duke. Uh, but I guess we're going to end this podcast because we talked about our favorite characters, least favorite. So uh, I, I think that was a nice discussion that we're going to end off on. So we're going to plug our social media and get out of here. So I'm going to go first. You can find me on Twitter at rent operative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at renegade operative and you can find the podcast account at the infinite ammo syndicate on YouTube. Next up is Tolkien. What is your outros? Um, you can find me on YouTube at Lady Tolkien, and then I'm also on Twitter at Lady Tolkien Seven. Follow her. Follow her. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at uh, Hollow Heart on Twitch, and then uh, at Heart Hollow on Twitter. Silver. I'll say it again. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, outro on silver. Silver, what is your uh, outro tags that you want to plug? No problem. You can find me on YouTube over at Silver Gaming Network, streaming a lot of Resident Evil with my co-hosts and just started playing GTA 5. GTA 5 Virgin popping that cherry, so fun experience. And you can also find me on Twitter, at the same handle, Silver Gaming Network or Silver Gaming Zero One. Thank you very much, Max. Oh, I think he's away. All right, so I'm gonna outro Dead Man in his place.
My name's Deadman Gaming, and uh, you can find me on YouTube and Twitter both at Deadman Gaming, where I like to like games and talk about how much I like games and generally make dumb jokes. I suppose, uh, Mr. Max, he's back. Uh, Max, what is your outro, and where can we find you on social media? I'm still here. I was about to give you grief if you're going to skip me just because I said I didn't like Sherry. Uh, I'm on Twitch and Twitter uh, under twitch.tv slash lordectro where I do variety streams. We are about to start playing Outlast 2 for the first time, which I'm pretty excited about. But uh, yeah, you'll be able to find me at both those locations. Thanks so much for having me. Not a problem, not a problem. And uh, once again, we're the Infinite Ammo Syndicate. We are signing out. Um, once again, hopefully you found this podcast to be entertaining, enjoyable, you know, a little bit weird, uh, just like a certain someone. But uh, we will see you guys next time. Take care. And as always, don't be a Leon hater because there's Leon haters out there for some reason. See you later.